It's the confluence where the news comes together on 90.5 WESA. I'm Kevin Gavin. Yesterday, a jury of his peers decided that the man they convicted of carrying out the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting in 2018 should be put to death. David Harris is WESA's legal analyst, a law professor at the University of Pittsburgh, and host of the podcast Criminal Injustice. David, welcome back to The Confluence. Good to be with you, Kevin. Robert Powers, 50-year-old Baldwin resident, is being sentenced to death. He was found guilty on 63 federal counts. 22 carried the possibility of the death penalty. Were you surprised by this decision by the jury yesterday? I was not surprised. The prosecution had a very strong case. But you never know how any individual death penalty case will come out. The Boston bomber case, death penalty. The New York case of Saipov, who killed a whole bunch of people with his truck, no death penalty. So nothing is certain, but this was a strong case by the government. Uh, It didn't take long for the jury to find that Bowers was eligible for the death penalty. But is it uh, another matter for a juror then to vote, yes, this person should be put to death? Absolutely. You cannot, you just cannot underestimate the weight of having to make the decision of whether the death penalty will be imposed. Everything else before that is sort of abstract. And you come to that decision only after the most searching uh, uh, consideration and discussion with other jurors. The jury gave its sentencing verdict yesterday. So what happens from here? Uh, today, in fact, right now, the, the court is convening for a sentencing hearing. At the sentencing hearing, Judge Colville will impose the death sentences that the jury came to yesterday. And then Judge Colville will also sentence on the other 41 non-capital charges. Importantly, also, the victims and their families and all the people affected had another chance to have their last and full say in the court. Their voices will be heard today. Uh, could that extend beyond today? Their, their voices? Yeah. It is possible, but I don't think it's likely. I think this has gone on so long, and this is almost five years since the event. I don't think anybody wants it to go beyond today. But everybody gets a chance if they want it, if they uh, are in the category of victims or families. Well, it could go beyond today. Appeals seem to be likely. But what on what grounds could the defense appeal? An appeal is a certainty in this case, Kevin, and the grounds will have to be legal issues. That's the really important thing to understand about an appeal. It can only be about the things that the judge may have done wrong, that the lawyers may have done wrong as far as legal issues. So it can't be about disagreement with the facts uh, or we disagree with the death penalty uh, as a uh, factual determination by the jury. It is only things like was the ch- change of venue motion being denied? Was that a mistake? That kind of thing is in an appeal, constitutional issues in an appeal, but not factual issues. Does this, since this is a federal court decision, does the appeal yeah. go to the Third Circuit Court of Appeals? Yes, that's where it'll go. Uh, before that, uh, Judge Colville will be faced by, uh, with a motion for a new trial from the defendant. He will almost certainly deny it. And then the long process will start to the first appeal, which will go to the Third Circuit. Yes. You just said the long process. How long could that process be? Well, it won't be as long as a state death penalty process because that would have to go all the way through the state courts and then to the federal courts. This will just be in the federal courts, but it will take years. 
Is it possible actually to wind up in the Supreme Court? Yes, it is possible. It will undoubtedly be tried to get it into the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court has complete control of its own docket. They don't have to take it if they don't see a major constitutional issue. Finally, David, the Biden administration has put a moratorium on executions. So will Fowler's ever be executed, would you say? It's certainly possible he will because the appeals process is likely to last beyond the Biden administration, even if the Biden administration has two presidential terms. This is going to go on for a while. David Harris is WESA's legal analyst. David, thanks for your time. As always, appreciate your help and understanding. Kevin, it has always been a pleasure. And thank you and everybody there for the great civic conversation. It's the Confluence on 90.5 WESA. I'm Kevin Gavin. Yesterday, we spoke to Sarah Inamorado, who is running as the Democratic nominee for Allegheny County Executive. Rich Fitzgerald, currently holding the position, is term limited. Today, we welcome Joe Rocky, the Republican nominee. Joe, good to have you with us on the Confluence. Kevin, thank you for having me here. And let me uh, say on behalf of all the listeners for which I have been one for many years, thank you for the great radio and the great investigative and questions you've asked over the years of so many guests. Very appreciative of that. Thank you. Joe, should you win, you would be the first GOP county executive in 20 years, last one being Jim Roddy, the first one. So it would be a Pretty big change in county government or not such a big change? Well, so what I would actually say, Kevin, is is that I will be the actually the fourth moderate or centrist county executive uh, as opposed to the first uh, far left uh, extreme county executive. And so, uh, you know, all three of my predecessors have been moderates uh, focused on getting things done and improving the county. Um, and that's what I bring to the table. I often tell people the only R in this race is Rocky. And this is a, an opportunity for us to focus on solving the problems of Allegheny County, for which there are many, and doing it in a way that includes the thoughts of the middle, because I do believe the middle is the true majority in Allegheny County. Are you concerned about uh, people who got people like Sarah and Murado, like Ed Ganey elected, like Summer Lee elected? Progressives have been making their move uh, in this area. Are you concerned about their role? Uh, well, I'm, I believe that this is the opportunity for the middle to speak loudly and to elect a centrist to be the county executive. I, You know, the city has real challenges, and we've seen uh, what the far left is doing in managing the city, uh, giving that same kind of responsibility to the county and leading us in the same place that the city is, I think would be very, very bad for our region, bad for jobs, bad for crime, uh, you know, bad for the people. People who live in Allegheny County. So uh, I am concerned about where we stand and where we have pointed ourselves politically. It's why I'm running, because I want to demonstrate uh, to Allegheny County that we can make a difference by having the center lead Allegheny County. All right. You were uh, previously an executive uh, with PNC Financial Services, have not held elected office before. Is that an impediment or not? Well, I believe, given what I'm trying to do, which is be a problem solver, that is my past. Uh, you know, at PNC and throughout my my business career and my charitable uh, responsibilities, I've always been a problem solver, someone who took and understood the situation, gathered the people around him who were capable of bringing the right answers and then implementing the change that was necessary. And I believe whether it's 
changing the trajectory of jobs, changing the trajectory of crime in this region, addressing the homeless situation. What we need is problem solvers who are going to actually get things done. All right. Now, a big piece of your campaign has been public safety. Uh, you announced a public safety agenda last month. You've also recently accepted endorsements from two local police unions. County does have, of course, a police force, but much of its work is supporting local departments and investigations. Are you advocating for a different purposing of the county police to be more active in day-to-day patrols? What? So, uh, first off, uh, the county Uh, executives ultimately responsible for the safety of every resident in the county. And what I am advocating is to expand the county police force to support those municipalities that need support. Uh, You know, we have a policing challenge in Allegheny County. For instance, the city of Pittsburgh is more than 100 officers below its target. Many of the municipalities outside the city are below their target. And so the county, which is capable of hiring officers, will expand its staff by 10 percent and be available to support those municipalities that need support to make sure that every resident in Allegheny County is safe. Uh, that's going to cost money. You're going to raise taxes to do that? We will not raise taxes. How are you going to do it? Then? We will reposition components of the budget to make sure that we are providing the safety uh, for the individuals in the county that they deserve. Right. Safety is the number one job of every executive leader. Are You have some areas in mind that could do with less so that you could uh, do more with county police? Uh, The number one thing we'll do is we'll grow the county. We will grow jobs in the county. Uh, We will grow the opportunity for people in the county, which will actually grow the revenue in the county. And so uh, as we look, and by the way, we will introduce a jobs plan here in the month of August uh, as to how to grow the county uh, workforce uh, and actually allow people to have better, more meaningful jobs, better paying jobs here in Allegheny County, which will allow them to have uh, the opportunity for better housing, et cetera. Uh, So all of that will create greater revenue sources for Allegheny County, which will help fund the things that we're trying to do. But we will also bring efficiency to Allegheny County, which will create an opportunity to fund uh, the police that we're talking about. I want to get more about the jobs and economic development, but I also want to ask you at least one more question about public safety, the legal system. Uh, Now, the executive does appoint a county warden to manage the jail. As executive, would you attend jail oversight board meetings? Mr. Fitzgerald has been criticized for sending a proxy. Um, I, I have always put myself in the middle of the biggest challenges throughout my career. Fixing the county jail is one of the biggest challenges Allegheny County has. And as county executive, I will be actively engaged and at every board meeting to make sure that I am part of the solution and not observing from the sideline. So is that a yes? That is an absolute yes. All right. Um, There is a study for reforming the county jail. What would you like to see components of the reform be? Uh, the number one thing to do in the county jail is make sure we have the staffing of both the corrections officers and the medical personnel in the jail at the level that they have been budgeted towards. Uh, we are currently sitting at 100 uh, correction officers below what the budget implies we should have. Uh, we've had 20 individuals pass at the jail in the last 30 months. Some of them have passed in medical situations and other situations. What we need to do is make sure we start by getting the right staffing in the jail to give the residents residents of the jail, the inmates of the jail, the right support that they need and the right coverage that they need, and to give our our officers and our medical support the support that they need. Morale at the jail 
is at an all-time low, and we need to make sure we're giving those individuals the support so they can do their job effectively. We will look at other improvements once we look at leadership changes, which are inevitable at the jail. All right. Uh, on your campaign website, right on the homepage is a second priority. You list reform county government. Maybe you've been talking a little bit about it right now in the last minute or so, which goes on to say, quote, professionalized county government, increased transparency to build public trust and always put policy above politics. Could you explain what that means? More specifically. Yeah, so what it means is really taking a deep dive into the activities of county government. Now, while I've said we've had, uh, you know, moderates or centrists leading county government uh, throughout the time of the county executive, we have had single party role of the county for an extended period of time. And it is time to just go in with a fresh set of eyes into every aspect of county government and understand what's working and what's not working. Let me give you a perfect example. I, I will talk more about jobs as we move through the month of August, but, you know, we cannot have a, a county health department that is fighting with industry. Uh, we need to make sure that our health department is bringing to bear the laws and regulations, but not being an impediment to bringing jobs to Allegheny County or actually pushing jobs out of Allegheny County by actually using the, the health department as an administrative arm to execute negative things that aren't actually within the code of the health department. Right. Uh, so... Would this sort of weaken the enforcement of the health department when it comes to industry? Because, let's face it, uh, people like U.S. Steel have been fined plenty of times, but they appeal. So the, the mission is not to weaken any part of the county, uh, any part of the county's processes, including the health department. But we also cannot sit on applications. We cannot delay the approval process. We have to get in and be efficient about the decisions that we're making and how we're making them. But we would not change the, the requirements and we certainly wouldn't change the standards of air quality, et cetera. We would just make sure that we're executing them effectively. You talked about jobs a couple of times. I want to get a specific question around that and how create, uh, critical it is to create and fill jobs in the county. Would you increase funding for Community College of Allegheny County to help provide that training? Uh, we will make sure we fully understand where the best place to get training is. And Community College is a place where, by the way, I went to Community College, so I'll point out that I'm a strong supporter of Community College. We will make sure the funding is at Community College that allow individuals to get prepared for jobs here in Allegheny County. So absolutely, if necessary, that's what we will do. One other aspect of your jobs plan, briefly. Oh, can I just one real quick? Yes. By the way, just yesterday, you know, the the governor was here talking about investment in jobs, et cetera. And so we need to capitalize on the dollars that are coming out of Washington and coming out of the state to prepare our workforce for those good jobs that are coming our way. And one more uh, brief aspect of your jobs plan. You said you'll be developing or uh, uh, releasing. Uh, announcing. Yep. Yes. Just give me one more. Well, uh, the, the first thing is, is we will bring uh, industry here to, to Allegheny County. I've committed that over the first year, I will visit 100 companies around the United States talking about the advantages of doing business in Allegheny County. The county executive has to be the number one salesman of Allegheny County and the people who live here so that we can get a growing economy again. In our last 40 seconds, Joe, what do you consider to be the biggest challenge facing Allegheny County at this time? So the biggest challenge facing Allegheny County is crime. We have got to clean up our streets and give everybody a safe environment. If we want to bring new industry here, if we want to bring more jobs here, people move their companies and bring their employees when they feel safe. And we need to make sure that Allegheny County is safe for every resident and everybody who considers coming here, including our visitors, which unfortunately we have examples of where that has gone wrong as well just in the last two weeks. 
Joe Rocky is the Republican nominee for Allegheny County Executive. Thanks so much for joining us today. Kevin, thank you for having me. It's the Confluence on 90.5 WESA. I'm Kevin Gavin. The city of Pittsburgh received $335 million from the federal government through the American Rescue Plan Act. This week, city council approved shifting $21 million around in order to meet a federal deadline. WESA's Kylie Kaczynski, our city government reporter, has been covering this along with arts reporter Bill O'Driscoll. Kylie joins us now. Welcome back, Kylie. Howdy, Kevin. City council reallocating funding. How much rescue plan money does the city still have to spend or at least say it's going here? Yeah, so there's about $114 million left in the city's ARPA trust fund, but today we're talking about $21.4 million that was designated for other projects that the administration is now reallocating for other things. What are the parameters of this spending, time frame, uh, even where it can be designated for? Yeah, so the money has to be spent by the end of 2024, which we are quickly approaching. Um, and it, or in some cases, it can be um, such as a construction project. It has to be under contract by then and then fully spent down by 2026. Um, so that's part of why the, the Gainey administration is moving this money around. It's kind of a you snooze, you lose situation. So it's critical that the city spends this money before the deadline. And you said or allocated or designated or contracted by 2026. Is that because some things actually take longer, such as you mentioned, construction projects? Yeah, contracted by 2024, spent by 2026. Right. Uh, there was a proposal on the table uh, from Mayor Ed Ganey to reduce funding for the arts by $650,000. Uh, it was a portion of this money, not the biggest portion, mm -hmm. uh, but council rejected the plan. Why? Yeah, that was perhaps the most controversial proposal. To, to back up, former Mayor Bill Peduto designated $2 million for supporting local artists, but most of that money remains unspent. Uh, so Mayor Ed Ganey proposed moving about $650,000, as you noted, around for other projects. Um, obviously, the arts community was up in arms about that, and basically everyone that came to a public hearing on Tuesday came in opposition of that. But before they could say anything, Councilor Erica Strasberger put up an amendment to keep that funding intact and decrease some other money for things like senior centers and tech upgrades. Uh, did anybody respond to that reaction or did anybody react to that? taking it away from somebody else. Not in council chambers, but Strasburger noted that that is also a priority for the city and she would be uh, supportive of any council members um, proposal during budget season to put money back toward those endeavors. All right. Uh, so who or what are the beneficiaries of additional money or funding that maybe wasn't originally headed their way? Yeah, two big changes are $1.7 million for new public safety vehicles, mostly police cruisers, uh, and two, nearly $2 million for landslide remediation, which, as we know, is a growing infrastructure issue here in Pittsburgh. Getting back to the parameters, if I could, um, how much leeway does the city, did other entities have in where they could spend the money, uh, this ARPA money? There are some strict federal guidelines. Um, it can't be used for, for things like uh, the city's operations budget. Um, so a lot of this is uh, going towards, um, in some cases, uh, employee pay um, and keeping employees on staff um, in the earlier part of the pandemic. And, and now we're seeing um, projects like additional um, city fleet investments and things like that. Uh, did they say how they uh, wanted or why they wanted to choose these things, the uh, Ganey administration, these particular areas to redirect uh, additional money to? 
Can you explain why other than was it strictly we can do this quickly because of the deadline crunch? The time frame was a huge part of it. Um, but when it comes to the police cruisers, there's been a lot of talk at council about the, the need for investment in the city's fleet when it comes to police vehicles, um, as well as fire uh, apparatus. And so um, this uh, was described as a first step toward um, resolving some of that issue, although I can uh, pretty much guarantee this will come back up again in uh, budget season talks, which begin in about a month. <laughs> well, as you report, council has had some previous discussions about the state of the city's uh, police and fire fleet. Uh, so why did the administration move to buy these now instead of during the normal budgeting uh, process, which comes up pretty soon, as you just said? Yeah, well, as I noted, Anthony Coghill and, and the administration, I believe Coghill described it as the, the state of the police fleet was in dire straits. And so this is to get um, twice as many vehicles as the city originally planned. Um, they should be able to have 60 new cruisers by the end of the year. Um, but as I said, this is just um, step one of their process of upgrading the fleet. All right. Less than a minute left, Kyle. You mentioned 114 still left in the trust fund. We're talking about $21 million in allocated dollars or reallocated dollars. So is this this doesn't seem to be the final say in spending. Has the rest of that money in the trust fund at least been tentatively earmarked? Um, a lot of it has been earmarked, um, and as as I noted, this this might, isn't the final say for now. Um, <laughs> the administration pledged to keep tracking how fast it's spending this money to make sure Pittsburgh doesn't lose any of it. So we may be in a reallocation discussion in another six months. Kylie Kaczynski is WESA city government reporter. Kylie, thanks for your reporting, and as always, thanks for being on the show. Kevin, Mary Lee, and Laura, thank you guys so much. Um, it's been a blast being a guest on the show. And for today, that is the Confluence, where the news comes together on 90.5 WESA. After a seven-year run, WESA will end production of the Confluence Friday. We hope you've enjoyed listening to the program and tune in tomorrow for the final show. And tomorrow, we talk with Pittsburgh Mayor Ed Ganey as he prepares to modify his plan for peace. We talk about the creation of an Office of Equal Protection and why cut in half the land bank budget. Thanks to our team, Addison Deal. Laura Satsui, and Mary Lee Williams. I'm Kevin Gavin. Until next time, hope you have a good day of good news.